You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. A cyber attack on Ukraine's largest telecom operator. Ukraine claims a hit on Russia's tax service. While the fate of the Alfie Black Cat Group remains shrouded in mystery, the Air Force disciplines members over a classified documents breach, and Apple releases urgent security updates. From Spain, a significant arrest in the Kelvin Security Hacking Group. On today's Industry Voices segment, my conversation with Andre Duran, CEO and founder of Ping Identity, on digital experiences, brand trust, and loyalty, plus a cautionary tale about burning bridges. It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. Ukraine's largest telecom operator, Kyivstar, faced a cyber attack on Tuesday, leaving millions of customers without cellular and internet service. The trouble started early in the morning, with Kyivstar later announcing via Facebook what they called a powerful cyber attack, causing significant technical failures. However, they assured that customer data remained secure. Despite efforts, services remained disrupted into Tuesday afternoon, with uncertainty about when normal operations would resume. The incident is currently under investigation by Ukraine's state cybersecurity agency and CERT-UA. Vion, Kyivstar's parent company, confirmed the attack in a news release. Internal sources revealed that the attack compromised parts of Kyivstar's systems, leading to a decision to shut down systems to contain the damage. This disruption prompted many Ukrainians to switch to alternative mobile carriers like Vodafone and LifeCell, causing network congestion. The attack likely targeted Kyivstar's core network, essential for regional connectivity and traffic routing. The cyber attack's ripple effect was felt beyond telecoms, with Privatbank and Monobank reporting operational disruptions due to their reliance on Kyivstar's network. Kyivstar's service outage also impacted air raid alert systems in the Kyiv region, compelling authorities to resort to loudspeakers for warnings. The suspected perpetrator of the attack is believed to be Russian intelligence, with Ukraine's security service, the SBU, launching criminal proceedings on charges including high treason and sabotage. The incident underscores the ongoing cyber warfare between Ukraine and Russia, with both sides experiencing significant attacks on their telecom and internet infrastructure. In other news from the region, 
Ukraine's military intelligence service, the GUR, claims to have successfully executed a cyber attack against Russia's federal tax service. According to Interfax and the GUR, the attack infiltrated a key central server of the FTS and over 2,300 regional servers across Russia, including Crimea. The cyber attack deployed malicious software, resulting in the complete destruction of configuration files vital for the tax system's operation. This included the elimination of the entire database and its backups. The attack has effectively paralyzed communication between the FTS's central office in Moscow, its territorial administrations, and a data center crucial for tax services. This operation signifies a major disruption in Russia's tax system infrastructure. Recent reports about the takedown of servers used by the ALFV Black Cat ransomware group remain unconfirmed. Computing observed that the gang's dump site has been offline for five days. SC Magazine's efforts to verify the situation with law enforcement agencies yielded no confirmation. VX Underground shared a message from ALFV citing hardware failure as the reason for the downtime, though they noted having heard similar claims in the past. VX Underground believes ALFV may indeed be facing server issues but cannot confirm this. They also clarified that there are no rumors or evidence regarding the arrest of ALFV members or seizure of their servers. The legitimacy of these claims remains unsubstantiated due to the lack of concrete evidence. Cloudflare's 2023 year-in-review revealed 180 internet outages, many directed by governments. Notable examples include prolonged shutdowns in Manipur, India, and Amhara, Ethiopia, lasting over seven and four months, respectively. Iraq also experienced frequent shorter outages to prevent academic exam cheating, particularly during June to August. Additionally, the report identified the two most prevalent threats of the year as malicious links and extortion attempts via phishing emails. Separately, a joint report by BitSight and Google on the Minimum Viable Secure Product Framework assessed cybersecurity controls across industries. It found that while most industries passed 10 of the 16 MVSP controls, critical failings persist in areas like self-assessment, dependency patching, vulnerability prevention, and timely vulnerability resolution. This highlights ongoing challenges in cybersecurity readiness across various sectors. The Air Force has disciplined 15 members of Airman First Class Jack Teixeira's chain of command following a security breach where Teixeira, a 21-year-old National Guardsman, removed and posted classified information online. The investigation revealed that Teixeira was observed accessing intelligence beyond his role on four occasions, but his supervisors failed to report these incidents promptly. This lack of action allowed Teixeira to continue his unauthorized disclosures for several months. The investigation highlighted inadequacies in workspace inspections, inconsistent reporting of security breaches, and a general lack of supervision and understanding of access to sensitive information. The 102nd Intelligence Support Squadron was specifically criticized for creating confusion over access to classified material in its intelligence briefings. Teixeira, who maintained computer systems that stored sensitive information, faces six federal criminal charges under the Espionage Act 
and has pleaded not guilty. The incidents leading to his arrest included him accessing top-secret websites and posting classified information on a Discord server. The investigation found that the intelligence oversight program within Teixeira's wing was compliant but lacking, with many airmen not completing necessary training and supervisors failing to enforce reporting violations. The 102nd Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Group, Teixeira's unit, is no longer handling sensitive information. Apple has released emergency security updates to address two actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities in older iPhone models going back to the iPhone 8, as well as some Apple Watch and Apple TV models. These vulnerabilities, discovered in the WebKit browser engine, could allow attackers to access sensitive data and execute arbitrary code through malicious web pages. The patches, improving input validation and locking, are included in the latest updates for iOS, iPadOS, tvOS, and watchOS. Discovered by Clement Lessing from Google's Threat Analysis Group, these flaws have been actively exploited, leading to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency instructing federal agencies to patch their devices. This brings Apple's total number of patched zero-day vulnerabilities to 20 for the year. The Spanish National Police have apprehended a key leader of the Kelvin Security Hacking Group, known for orchestrating over 300 cyber attacks across 90 countries since 2020. The arrest announcement highlights the group's focus on critical infrastructure and government institutions, with notable attacks in Spain, Germany, Italy, Argentina, Chile, Japan, and the United States. Kelvin Security, active since 2013, has exploited public-facing system vulnerabilities to steal user credentials and confidential data. The group's activities included selling or freely leaking stolen data on hacking forums like raid forums and breach forums. Significant breaches by Kelvin Security include attacks on Vodafone Italia and U.S. consulting firm Frost & Sullivan. Additionally, recent findings link Kelvin Security to Ares, a cybercrime platform trading databases from state organizations. Spanish police, coordinating with multiple units and the Alicante Prosecutor's Office, began investigating the group in December 2021. The Venezuelan national arrested was primarily engaged in laundering criminal proceeds from data sales, utilizing cryptocurrency exchanges. The arrest led to the seizure of electronic items for forensic analysis, potentially uncovering more information about the group's network and operations. Coming up after the break, my conversation with Andre Duran, CEO and founder of Ping Identity on digital experiences. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Andre Durand is CEO and founder of Ping Identity, a company that provides secure employee and customer experiences online. In this sponsored Industry Voices segment, Andre Durand shares insights from Ping's own research on digital experiences. You know, I, I, I could say personally, and, and I think lots of people have experienced this, there is a wide spectrum of experiences out there when it comes to dealing with organizations online. Can you give us a, an idea of, of that spectrum from your point of view? Is it, what represents a good experience and what represents one that's going to lead to frustration? Well, I'll, I'll start with the registration experience. Today, I would say the registration experience to create a new account, establish a relationship with a company does very widely. You will find companies that kind of the old school method of doing that was, here's a form, tell us everything you you can about us and we'll create an account for you. And so that included everything ranging from your username and password that you typically type in twice to other information about you where both the email address and phone number then need to get verified before the account uh, gets created. And those experiences have historically, you know, been kind of fraught with friction, if you will, especially if you're typing on a, on a phone, if you're registering mm. with a phone. The more modern way of doing that in the last maybe four or five years is what we refer to as progressive profiling. So rather than ask for everything up front, it's just, hey, you want to create an account? What's your email address and password? And we are on the cusp of a new method. We have not seen this at large, but the technology is now here, where it is possible for an individual to, in essence, store their verifiable identity on their phone is what we call a digital credential. And when you hit a registration screen in the future, rather than type anything at all, you would simply say, scan a QR code, share that information, call it automagically, if you will, through the QR code between your phone and the website that you're interacting with. 
and you'll have an account. So we've been moving from, you know, high friction, if you will, to establish trust through the registration process as a consumer to one in which, you know, it's quite a bit more frictionless. Look, the, the perfect interaction, the best interactions require what we call low cognitive load, if you will. So they're just kind of seamless and fast versus the ones that where we get stuck, if that makes sense. And I suppose if I'm an online retailer, I, I want to reduce that friction as much as possible. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to give my consumer time to have second thoughts. That's exactly correct. And it's not just at the new account creation or what we call registration phase where frustration hits. Um, and a lot of people abandon that. But on a repetitive basis, once you've created the account, logins can also be fairly friction prone, if you will. And especially it's true with passwords. Uh, we're all advised to use unique and strong passwords. And so unless you have, say, a password manager, doing that is challenging. Obviously, requires a lot of cognitive load. And, and again, for long, strong passwords on a mobile phone, that's not a great login experience. Um, that also is going through a bit of a renaissance right now as we move towards passwordless and this notion called pass keys, which is this concept that your phone can store these keys that uh, are essentially long numbers, but you don't have to remember anything. And in subsequent logins, once you kind of establish, you know, the key, if you will, that opens up a website, all you have to do is your face ID, in essence. So your biometric is used to share these very long, very strong keys that are stored on your mobile phone. And from a user experience point of view, all you had to do was the face ID. So it's a very strong, phishing-resistant way to authenticate, and it's a much better experience. So it's kind of the holy grail that we seek, which is both higher security and less friction. Mm. I know you and your colleagues there at Ping have uh, gathered some interesting information when it comes to people's uh, digital experiences here. What are some of the items that caught your eye? So, you know, we broke the survey up into several categories, but it was obvious that a few themes emerged. Number one is that the login and registration experience really does matter. There is a fickleness with as much choice as we have online. You might as well say competitors are measured in keystrokes in the online world, right? Which is milliseconds, not miles. And so a frustrating login experience sets the tone for what the rest of the experience is going to look like. Over 60% of consumers said that they've stopped using an online service due to frustration with the login process. I mean, that's just massive. 65% said that they would be willing to switch to a comparable brand if it offered a passwordless experience. So you can't underestimate how significant the friction is to, in essence, establish an online connection with a third party and keep it secure. So everything related to brand loyalty as related to the login and identity experience, there, there was a tight correlation there. The second thing that really stood out was that consumers are definitely concerned about the safety of their identity. They do not have high trust that corporations in general are going to be good stewards of identity information that 
could be leaked in a breach. There have just been too many breaches over the years. They do appreciate, even though it, it does include a little bit more friction, they do appreciate companies that offer higher levels of security, such as two-factor authentication and others. They are willing to put up with a little bit more friction if in return, they feel as if the company that they're interacting with does value their privacy, values their security, and offers the security that they feel is appropriate. So there just was a very, very kind of high, I guess, correlation, if you will, of the intersection of, we say, of ease of use, desire for ease of use, and willingness to change if ease of use was not there, combined with concern around their security, and is their data being protected, and is the company being a good steward? So the folks that you work with who are finding success here, I mean, what are the common elements? What, what are the things that you consider to be best practices? The companies that are actively pursuing the intersection of seamless experience and security, not one or the other, but both at the same time, those are the companies that are pushing the boundaries of what's possible here. And I mean, you'll find companies where it's all about the user experience and security is a, is a secondary priority. Others that security is the primary priority, user experience takes second. And neither one of those are wrong. They're just not complete. And so the companies that are having the best experience are the ones that, like I said, are pushing the boundaries of passwordless. They're pushing the boundaries of new technology that allow customers and consumers to in essence, register a new account without filling out a form to do so. They are pushing the boundaries of leveraging risk and fraud signals to strengthen authentication and reduce fraud without the user actually ever having to do anything. It's all behind the scenes and under the covers. That's Andre Durand, CEO and founder of Ping Identity. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, Miklos Daniel Brody, a former cloud engineer at First Republic Bank, received a two-year prison sentence and a restitution order of $529,000 for his destructive farewell gift to his ex-employer. Brody's vengeful coding spree was triggered by his firing for violating company policies, which included using a USB drive containing pornography on company computers. Post-dismissal, Brody went on a digital rampage, deleting the bank's code repositories, erasing logs, inserting taunts in the code, impersonating colleagues, and even emailing himself proprietary code. His digital tantrum included running a script named dar.sh 
to wipe the bank's servers and meddling with the bank's GitHub repository. Caught in his web of lies, Brody falsely reported his work laptop stolen and maintained this story even when interrogated by the Secret Service until his arrest in March 2021. In April 2023, he pleaded guilty to lying and two counts of violating the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. His sentence also includes three years of supervised release. So much for Leave No Trace. Brody left enough digital footprints to warrant a virtual marathon and a real-world sentence. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Ivan and Brandon Carp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com cyberwire.